small call on our lives, yeah? It's not like something we can just, we can just add on. It's like he just wants us to be, to be all in. And yeah, like people might think that makes you a fundamentalist nuts or that makes you whatever, do you know what I mean? They're just all about Jesus and they're just all about... But if this stuff is true, how does it make sense to be about anything else? Do you know, does it make sense to like just keep them there and, and, and like add a little bit on? If it's, if it's real, if it's true, and I've experienced it to be real and true, and um, I don't know, I just feel over the last while the Holy Spirit's been prompting me, prompting us, Guys, let's just let's just go all in. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's just let's just go for it. Let's just take him at his word. Let's just believe it. Let's go after it. Let's not live like just holding it intellectually true, but like living as if it isn't. And um, Holy Spirit, I pray that um, I know that's nothing I can convince people to do. I know something I can convince even myself to do. Um, but you, by your Spirit, Lord, you can move in our hearts, and you can make known to us the deep things of God. You can like, like resonate with our spirit, like the, the truth of who you are, and then you can equip us to actually live that out and live that way. And so I ask that you would do that. I ask that you do that, not because we come and we're real serious, and not because we come and we've got the resolve, but because of your goodness and your grace and your hand on our life and the promise that you've made that uh, you who began the good work in us will be faithful to complete it, Lord. Um, and so I pray that you would make us faithful, like, just, just by your grace, just, just give us that gift of it, Lord God. To respond to your word this morning, to respond to the leading of your Holy Spirit, in whatever way you move, Lord, you grace us with that courage to, to not be duplicitous, even like or deceiving ourselves, thinking we, we have it like and we don't. Um, in grace and in truth, would you come to us this morning and, uh, and use us, shape us. We sang last week, we give our lives to the potter's hand, mold us, guide us, lead us, Lord. And, and, uh, and we mean that, Lord God, we want you. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you from uh, from Jeremiah, um, and about this idea that God has God has made you for a purpose, that there's a purpose on your life. Um, we started in reading in the book of Jeremiah this week. Um, you know, we're doing like the, the Bible project, and we're working through. We just finished the book of Isaiah. We're going to be in Jeremiah for a couple of months because it's a long <laughs> it's a long book, and we're reading like a chapter a day, and. Uh, and it's good that you have the first chapter of Jeremiah because that sets the scene, right? Like it's, it's about the calling of Jeremiah and he's given this tough gig because the rest of the book of Jeremiah is a bit of a slog, if I'm honest, right? So for the next couple of months, we're going to be reading through it and it's like Jeremiah was given this tough message. There's about 40 years worth of his prophecies included in this, in this book. And the time that God called Jeremiah, he called him to be a prophet, was a time where he was going to like pour out his judgment on Israel. Israel had like just broken the covenant with God again and again and again. And he uses these prophets to call him back. And eventually he's like, I'm going to allow them to be taken into, into exile. So we have all this story. Like the priest, God brought them into the promised land. And you know, like they're taking it and all. But now here comes a point in the story where it's like they're taken back out of it. Where he allows this Babylonian empire to come along. And they overtake and they kill a load of them. Take the rest off as, as slaves. And so God gives Jeremiah this message before that happens. To tell the people, this is what's going to happen. Um, but not a popular message, yeah? Not a, not a popular message to go to people and say, <laughs> judgment of God is upon you, lads. Do you know what I mean? And, and then to see it happen. And so he's labeled a traitor and he's labeled, like he's called the weeping prophet. He wrote lamentations after this. He struggled a lot with the call of God, even though the call of God was on his life. He struggled with the role that God had given him to play um, and what was happening to his nation and seeing it, like God telling him what's going to happen. Then he sees it happening and it, just it, it moving him. Um, but at the very beginning of the book, we have, this, we have this, 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 these sentences where, where God calls him. And uh, we're told that he was a priest. He was like, uh, he's one of the priesthood. And he's a young man and it says the word of the, the, word of the Lord came to him. Um, and I think it's because the word of the Lord came to him that he was able to stay faithful to that kind of calling. That he was able to, I'm not just making this up, you know what I mean? I'm not just 
doing my own thing here. Like I've had some encounter with God where he set me apart for a purpose. And so when it comes then to the tough times, when it comes to the opposition, when it comes to like I'm doing something that I'd rather not be, be doing, that then there's like, it becomes a matter then of obedience. Do you know what I mean? It becomes a matter then of faithfulness, not just of perseverance or not just of, of, of thinking it's the right thing to do, but it's like, am I going to be faithful to, to what God has called me to do? Am I going to be obedient to it? Am I going to trust that God is with me in this, that he set me apart from this? And you'll see his call, his call is huge. Um, but those words, the same words kind of resonate to us. Um, that God has a calling on our life. Listen to, what he, listen to what he says. So he says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I appointed you. <laughs> I appointed you to the role that I was going to have for you to play. Now, you might think, great elephant in the room, you might think, well, that's just for big people like Jeremiah. You know, he's a book of the Bible named after him, so of course God had a big plan for him. But the rest, the rest of us, maybe we're just left to our own devices. Like, and he's just, but every time, you know, every time we do a baby dedication here, we read this from Ephesians. It says, we are his workmanship. He's writing to the New Testament church here, to a group of people like you in a church. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, listen to this, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He says to you, you're his workmanship. The same as he says to Jeremiah, he says to you, you, I made you, I formed you in the womb. Not only did I form you in the womb, but I formed you for a purpose that I determined before I even formed you that you would, that you would walk in. That means that there's a reason for you, yeah? That means that you're not an accident. You're not just like a, a biological accident. You're not, you're not any sort of um, mistake. You're not irrelevant. Your life isn't meaningless. You're not just incidental. You're not just a number in the crowd, but there is a specific reason for you that God made you and formed you with that, with that in mind, that the eternal God unbound by time or space knew you before there was a you <laughs> and created you, spoke you into existence. Guys, it's... If that's true, like I say, this stuff just about words, right? But if that's, if that's true, then that, surely that changes everything about our lives. Surely that, that, that dictates what the meaning of life is, if that's true, right? If there's a creator, a creator, a maker of me, who designed me, knew the days that I would walk in, and said, I'm going to make Rob for this time and this place, and he's going to have a space in the world, and I have something for him to achieve in me that extends my kingdom, something that's going to last into eternity. Like, if that's true, then, like, I don't know, that has to be... That's to be more on my priority list than my hobbies or than my work or whatever. Or everything else needs to be seen in light of that, yeah? My work and my hobbies and my family and all of that needs to be seen in light of this, this underpinning truth. It needs to become kind of foundational um, to what it is. It speaks of this significance that we have. And it resonates with us as true, right? Even if you didn't, if you came here this morning for the first time and you don't believe that to be true, you would still want it to be true, Yeah? Even if you didn't think that it could be true, you'd still want it to be. The stories that we love, the movies we like to watch, like they, a lot of them where you see somebody just uncovering their destiny. Do you know what I mean? You see somebody like stepping into what they were meant to do, the pieces all coming together. That resonates with us as like, man, what if I could do that? Do you know what I mean? What, what if that was true of me? And I think that resonance with those stories is there because it's something placed in us from the Lord, like something of, of like, this is, this is what this life is about. It's about uncovering what it is that I've... I've made you for. There's a reason for you that you matter. The Bible is like, like, un, like complicated when it speaks about that. It's just like there, there's God created you, and God has a, a plan for you. He speaks just in the plainest of terms. You don't have to twist Hebrew meanings to try and pull out some sort of significance. Just in the in the plainest of terms, it speaks about I knew you before you were born. I made you for a reason. There's a purpose. 
there's a purpose for you. It's unambiguous in that stuff. Um, he formed you. He formed us in the womb. And it's, it's awesome. I remember when Patrice was, was pregnant on Penny and we had this little app that would, would tell you all the stuff that was going on. You know, like when she was, they used to use fruit or something. It wasn't like she's the size of a grape and then next week she's the size of a peach. And then she's like an apple or something, like, and then watermelon or something. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> stop with the watermelon thing. <laughs> uh, but she, uh, but remember, I remember, right? So we know, right? Or, or you can know. You can just Google it now and you can know the, the hows of that, of how cell division happens. Do you know what I mean? And how... But the why of it, like the wonder of it, when I'm like, she's whatever, 12 weeks old and she has fingerprints and a heartbeat and a respiratory system or something, you know? Like the, 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 like that, when you, when you actually look in your experience and, and like you had this love for this kid we hadn't even met yet, the wonder of it, of, of it happening, it speaks of, it speaks of something divine, do you know what I mean? It's something, it's something eternal that God says he's intimately involved in that he's forming us in it. We might be able to see the how, but it speaks to the, to the why, that he's even forming our personality. He's even forming the, 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 the very stuff that, that makes us, us. We're not just biological accidents, you know what I mean? God is, is communicating this truth that, that, that I formed you, I made you, I took my time over you, I knew what I wanted to make you, I knew how I wanted to make you, I knew what you'd look like, I knew what you'd sound like, I knew what you'd like to do, what you wouldn't like to do. That, that, that he's made this path for us to walk in, that there's a purpose, a purpose for us. And that's, that's, that's big. It's big for us to understand because if we can understand that, right, one of the things that I think would, would happen for us is that, like, the scrambling, the scrambling that often life looks like would stop. You know, we go around scrambling, looking for meaning. Like maybe, maybe it's in this job, and I, I'll go and I go, I'll do that job for a while. Or maybe it's in this achievement, or getting that education, or maybe it's in that relationship, or all the things that we just we scramble around looking for. All the things can be good, right? But but underneath, very often, there's this striving, like this looking for for meaning, carving out meaning. Maybe if I just make enough money, like then people will look out, look up to me, or if I, if I if I achieve something good, I get the pats on the back. You know all the stuff that that motivates us. If we got to the heart of why we do the things that we we do, we're motivated to kind of scramble to try and make a name for ourselves. What if it's true that you didn't need to make a name for yourself, but there was already a name created for you to to walk in? That your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That before you were created. Before the world was created, there was you and God's imagination. Now your, your job isn't to scramble to try and figure out what that is, but your job is now to, to walk in relationship with the one who loves you and made you and day by day let him unfold what he has for you. It's not to like trust in yourself like and, and, and in, your, in your own might and your own ingenuity. It's to, to trust that God has you, God knows what he's doing with you, and, and you can just walk that out. It takes like the pressure of trying to live a life for God away, and like we, we get the joy of living a life with God with God. Not that that life is going to be easy, right? I'm not saying that that joy comes because everything is easy, right? It can come with struggle, it can come with hardship, but we can know, we can know beyond a shadow of doubt that God will take all those things, even the broken things, even the things that look like failure, and he'll use them for his glory. Jeremiah, right, by, by any kind of measure, worldly measure, was a failure. If you look at what he, what he did, there was a, the first verses say like he was there under the king of Josiah and then there was these other kings after. And he made a good start with Josiah. There was this king who tried to bring reform to Israel, right? And Jeremiah and him kind of worked hand in hand and they tried to bring reform, but the people didn't turn around. Another king came and they got worse and the thing still happened. The thing that Jeremiah was warning them about still happened. It could look like, 
like you're a failure, but we see the unfolding plan of God. We see what happens through the exile. We see what happens when Nehemiah brings the people back to the land. We see when Jesus comes through the line of those people and rescues his people. We, see, like, we get to look in hindsight and see that the plans of God are, are flawless, right? Meaning that right where we're at, even if we feel like that we look like a failure or that we're not seeing the fruit that we might want to see in our lives or expect to see or getting the plaudits or the pats on the back for the big successes, that what, what matters really is that we're faithful to God and somehow God will take my flawed, like, broken light and he'll use that for his glory yeah he's gonna he's gonna take that and he's gonna use that for his kingdom yeah he's gonna sow seeds of something through my life that will last into eternity because why because i'm great because i figured it out no because he formed me from from the womb he made me he made you for a reason so the scrambling the striving can stop the 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 anxiety can stop the worry about the future can stop See, if we don't know this stuff, if, we don't, if, we're not tr- if we're not like solidly based in this fact that God has taken us, then when Jesus commands something like do not worry, we're like, ah, no, I can't do that, right? Well, I can't do that because if I, if I stop worrying, then I won't have enough money. If I stop worrying, then I won't, you know what I mean? The things won't happen. You don't know what I have to do day after day. If I stop, like, but if it's true who God is, if, if, if it's true who you are in light of him, then, then that stuff can, can go. It doesn't have a place because, because of who he is. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that God's design is, is for you to know that he's in control and for you to live in relationship with him where he unfolds the plans that he has for your life. In relationship with him. Before you were born, I set you apart. God would say that to you. Do you see the, do you see even in the Old Testament, do you see the picture of grace there? Before you were born, I set you apart. What could Jeremiah have done to cause God to set him apart before he was born? <laughs> You know, like, do you see how it's not this transactional, religious, you did this, now you have God's, God's, before you were born, I set you apart. That's the grace, like, it's this picture of the grace that we're all going to have, or that we do have now in the new covenant, yeah? Even though he's an old covenant prophet, he's going to people who are under the old covenant and saying, like, letting them know the ways that they failed. Still in the middle of that, there's this picture, before you were born, I, I, I set you apart. You hadn't earned anything, couldn't do anything to earn it. So as we obey God and we respond to his lean and we don't we don't do it to earn his favor we don't do it to get his recognition you might be conditioned by the world to think that's how it happens because that's what most other relationships look like I do this and then those people are like me I do this and then those people will accept me I do this and then you know what I mean I get whatever it is that I need um but the gospel this relationship this relationship with the Lord works different there's a God who says before you were born I set you apart before you were born I knew the days that you would you would you would work in the gospel that says while you are still sinners God Christ gave his life for you not when we not when we got it right guys yeah when we didn't so we're freed from the pressure then that can creep in because this happens to christians yeah we get saved by grace and then it creeps in the works and the religion now i earn god's favor or whatever well god's saying before you what did you do what did you do to cause jesus to go to the cross like like patrice is saying nothing like so what can you add to it nothing but you get the joy of walking with the lord in that so pressure to perform is is off and the honor and joy of living in what we're made to do uh, can be that. I want to read out this this verses from Ephesians. And look, I don't have I don't have time to uh, to comment on them all. But this is like Ephesians is like um, Ephesians is like the, if you read it, it's, on, it's only a few chapters long. But it's like this this great message that just wants people to get the reality who, of who God is. They're like guys, live live and live in light of this. And so Paul opens up in the first the first few words. Just it's almost hard to it's hard to just read out, right? Because if we want to read it out and really like preach it, we'd be here all day, right? Because it's there's so much in it. But let me just read it out anyway and just see what the Holy Spirit might 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 say say through it. Listen, listen to what God says 
about your reality so what he says about what jesus has done for you who you are in in light of that says praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So even there, we're, we're in Christ, yeah? Those who've, who've, uh, who've, 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 who've been regenerated by Christ, those who, who Christ dwells in their heart, but somehow we're in Christ, even though he's in the heavenly realms, right? He's in us and we're in him, right? So we're blessed with every blessing that he has. Now listen to this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So he chose you in Jesus before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. You might feel holy and blameless, but in Christ you are holy and blameless, and you were chosen to be that way, not, not, not just today, but before the creation of the world. Again, right, if this is true, like what, what, what else would we live by? Before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us, meaning as he gave us a destiny before there was us, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Meaning, like, more than just there's a reason, God has adopted you as his child, yeah? He's obligated himself to you as, as a father. He's adopted you through Jesus Christ in accordance with his, look, just in accordance with his pleasure and will, right? Why did he do it? Because, because he loved you. It gave him pleasure, him pleasure to do this stuff, to connect you to, to him, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. There's that, that word grace again. It's given freely to you in the one he loves, in Jesus Christ. You're in Christ. You get all the benefits of the life that Christ lived as if you lived them yourself. He took all of the, 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 the punishment that we might deserve for the ways that we've messed up. Um, and instead, we get, we get his record, right? So all of that, given it to us. Then, verse 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. You know, to redeem something means to set it back to its original intent, its purpose. It's like, if something was going off in a wrong direction, if your life was going off in a wrong direction, in the direction God didn't have for it, you have a redeemer who takes it and puts it back on track. That's the work of Jesus. That's not the work of you. You can't redeem yourself, yeah? Like that, that you are redeemed by someone like the way you like redeem a coupon you use it to do what it was meant to do the coupon doesn't redeem itself you like you are redeemed by jesus he takes you so that that means as well i'm convinced that that's not just a one-off thing right that might mean if you're running the race for a while and you got sidetracked guess what you still have a redeemer who can pick you up and put you back on the track yeah like it, like if you've messed up if you failed if you thought god has called me to this but then you bottled it or fear got in the way or or whatever that you still you still have a redeemer right and and the redeemer who it is 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 god is god himself so there's nothing that's beyond him there's no situation you can't redeem there's no thing you might think i've messed up i've 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 i've, I've sinned i've failed What's the next thing that we have after redemption? We redeemed them through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God. Do you get that? There's, there's nothing. God is trying to make this. You, we have no reason to not walk in his, in his plans. I'm going to do everything so that you can walk in what it is that I've, I've, made, you, I've made you to do. We were chosen, predestined according to the plan. Oh, where were you? Made known to mystery. What verse am I in? Forgiveness of sins and God's grace, which he lavished on us again, right? Just this lavishness of God's grace with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us now here the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity in all things in heaven and earth under Christ. Guys, that's where the universe is going. And I know you're making claims about this in a small room in Bray on a Sunday morning. Well, it sounds ludicrous, right? This is where the universe is going. All things are going to be brought under under Christ. 
And God has called you to be a part of that. The people who say yes to it now. To be brought under, under the will of Christ. To be involved in the biggest thing that's happening <laughs> in the cosmos. Right? It's like, it's huge. It's huge stuff. It's huge. That's why I say Holy Spirit, make it not just words, right? Because it's, it, it's so big, yeah? Like, see, see how big it is, right? And then, like, I can leave here and be worried about what I eat. You know what I mean? Or, like, how, and leave here and be worried about what I, what I wear or something. Like, it's, it's that exposure to the greatness of God that enables us to actually live in freedom from that anxiety and worry and going after all this, this other stuff. According with all wisdom and, and understanding. Is there another slide after that, Mal? It says, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined, again, predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked in him with the seal the promised Holy Spirit who was a deposit guarantee in our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory it's, like, it's telling us what's happening on a cosmic scale here. What's the story that you find yourself in right now? You've been given the Holy Spirit as a deposit, right? A guarantee that like what he's done, like, like when you buy a house, you put a deposit down on it so you have some stake in it, yeah? You don't just walk away from it. It's like, like I have a stake in you. I've invested in you. I'm committed to seeing through what I, what I want to do in your life until, until Jesus returns and there's the redemption of all things. Boys, do you know how big your God is? Do you get the scope of what he's doing? Do you get the, sto- the scope of the story that you, you find yourself in this morning? Oh, I, think we, I think we just need to give serious consideration to this to the, point that we <laughs> to the point that we get it, right? Like day after day or moment after moment to the point where we get it because, because if it's true, like it, has to, it has to change everything. Something, something so big can't just be left like, like abstractly true. And I believe that's what God would want. Do you ever read this stuff and I'm like... like Paul, I don't know what, what he was at, but it's just like a bombardment of like this, 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 to the extent where you're almost like, that's too much. Like, and then you're just like, I don't know, go and have a snack or something. Like, like I don't know how to, how to even break that down. Do you know what I mean? It's too big. Well, I think that's what the, the Holy Spirit wants to do piece by piece. It's like unfold. Do you get how much you love? Do you get what I've done? Do you understand who I am? Do you understand what I accomplished for you on the cross? Do you understand who's in you? Do you know what it is that you have already because you have me? Do you know the hope of the eternity that you have? Do you know how that that eclipses everything else that you might be hoping for right now or you might be worried about right now? Like just piece by piece by piece, he just wants to expose that stuff to us that he wants us to know. We need to settle that truth because if we don't settle that truth, right, we'll, we'll, we'll allow things to get in the way of the plans that God has for us. It's so, it's so huge, right, that the, the point is to, like, to, to, to be overwhelmed by that rather than overwhelmed by the problems of the world. That even when you see the problems of overwhelmed, my favorite worship song, we sang it at our wedding, is like, well, I look into your holiness and I gaze into your loveliness. And then this line, when all things that surround me become shadows in the light of you. It's like when you press into that space that even the biggest of things, man, like I look to the mountains and then I look to the creator of the mountains. Do you know what I mean? When everything like just becomes a shadow in the light of, of who God is. That's, that's how we're meant to live. If we don't, though, here's what's happened. We'll put stuff in the way of it. So Jeremiah is given this great call. I knew you. I formed you in the womb. I appointed you to be a prophet. Um, and even when he appointed him, not, he didn't appoint him at that moment. He's like, I appointed you before I was born. That was just the moment where Jeremiah realized that he was appointed to be a prophet. There's already a plan. And it's important to know that God's not just scrambling trying to figure out, now what on earth am I going to do with Heather? Do you know what I mean? What, what am I going to do with Patrice? Like when she finds herself here, how am I going? He's already appointed the days that you would walk in. 
that we get to be in the space where we just become aware of that, that, that thing that happened before time. We become aware of God's plans and step into the unfolding of them. But listen, listen to Jeremiah's response. The next slide, Matt. Um, back in, in Jeremiah. Um, so the call is there in verse 4 and 5. And then verse 6 says, ah, like one of the translations is like, ah, it was like a last. It's like this, ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Now, see, like even the irony in, that, in that, that one sentence, right? How can you say a sentence in the same breath? Sovereign Lord, right? The one who's sovereign, the one who's over it all. Lord, the name of, the name of God is implied there. Like the, the God who created, sovereign Lord, I can't do what you called me to do. How do you, how do you say those two? But we do it, yeah? But we do, like raise hands and worship and then, you know, God calls something on our life and then we're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't. He says, like he looks at two things. I don't know how to speak and I'm too young. He's like, has two problems. One, I don't have the skills and the other, like even if you taught me how to speak, I'm still too young. Do you know what I mean? Nothing I can do about, nothing I can do about that. And he just comes straight out with these, with these excuses. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being harsh on him because, because, because how many of us haven't done that? <laughs> like, like when there's the call of God and all of a sudden you're just aware of your own limitations. Say God has a call on your life. God has called you to make great commission. Go make disciples of all nations. Your commission. Right? When I say that to you, God's called you to go make disciples of all nations. That's the first thing that comes in. Opposition. It's not even opposition from the world, right? It's opposition from yourself. Like, oh, I can't make disciples of all nations. I don't like traveling. Do you know what I mean? Like, of whatever it is, limitations, like, that's all right for whatever. The serious people, the professional Christians, the Bible college, the ministers, the whatever, you know? But like, and we do the same thing. We, we doubt what God is. And in the same time, we'd, we'd say, God is sovereign, God knows what he's doing, God's Lord over all. And then, and then we allow our own doubts, our own insecurities, our own limitations to limit what God might want to do in and through us. This recognition, but also this doubt. He's like, I can't be a prophet to the nations. I'm only young. They reckon Jeremiah was only about 17 when he was called. And in reality, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, what am I going to say? That's a valid concern if it wasn't God calling him, right? Just by human terms, some 17-year-old young fella going to go to rulers and nations and tell you what God is saying against or for you. Yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, it's normal that you'd be like, no, like I can't. I can't do that. Call some, call the next fella over there, the other priest beside me who's in his 50s. He has stature, do you know what I mean? He's like he's walked a bit. People have listened to him. And he says, I can't speak. And there's that recurrent theme, yeah? Reminded Moses said the same thing. I can't go and take your people out of Israel. I can't speak. Uh, like, like, as well, Jeremiah says, I'm too young. Abraham says, I'm too old. Sarah is too old. It's like, point whatever, whatever it is, you'll just find a reason why, why you can't do what it is that God's called you to do. Um, Whatever it might look like to you, like, you know, I don't have the right gifts, no one will listen to me, like, people, I'm not educated, I've messed up, or I don't have the confidence. So we do, we do like a Jeremiah on the plans of God, when God calls you to step into something. First, like, we just face that opposition that's just, that's just us. And God is having none of it, right? Uh, God just says straight back to him, but the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and do whatever I've commanded you. Like, for he's just, God's not willing to entertain your own limit. God's not willing to back up and say, ah, oh, it's all right, so, do you know what I mean? Forget about that plan that I formed for you from the beginning of the world. You just, you know, just, that's okay. You are too young. You're right. I didn't realize you were too young. I didn't realize you, didn't realize you couldn't speak. Like, do not say I'm too young. 
Paul reckon, like, reflects that in Timothy. Yeah, Timothy's a young leader. He's like, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Don't let anyone look. And he's the same about with people who like, have, have like, come from different backgrounds, people who weren't educated. Jesus calls the fishermen to go and follow him. Yeah, like, there's like, he's saying, don't let anyone look on you for your gender. Don't let anyone look on you for your age. Look down on you. He says, like, in Christ that we are. Uh, what's that whistling going on? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, there's a oh, okay. He's like, don't say that. Go and say instead <laughs> what I've commanded you to say. Is the rooster going on? <laughs> then, uh, right, then the second thing he does, right, look at the last, the last line, right? He says, do not be afraid of them from with you and I'll rescue you. Right? And I think he gets to the heart of something here that's important. Because Jeremiah didn't say, I can't go because I'm afraid of people. But God knew that some of what's going on in his in- own insecurities is really the fear of people. So he speaks, to, he speaks to what's really going on. Yeah, you're saying those excuses, Jeremiah, but really what's happened is you're afraid of what's going to happen to you. You're afraid of what people are going to say. You're afraid of what they're going to think. You're afraid to bring that message in case you're rejected, in case you're hurt. Um, and again, right, that's a, real, that's a real thing. Who likes to be rejected? Hands up who would want Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's call. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Lord, I want to be the weeping prophet. I want to spend 40 years like yes I've been struggling and, um, but Jeremiah had a real had a fear of people and we all we all do yeah I'm not reading this like with some sort of haughty perspective saying oh well I'm not going to be like him we all do later on in the, the same chapter he says uh, the King James Version says don't be afraid and the King James Version says don't be afraid of their faces when he translates it and that when I read that man it hit me because it's like, like don't be afraid of their face. how many of us just picture people's faces if like I don't know, God's called you to do something, you step out and you're like, you picture the mocking face, or you picture the, even like worse still for me, the, like if I talk about Jesus to someone, the pitying face, like that someone might look at you, ah, the poor thing believes in, <laughs> believes in heaven and hell and everlasting life, do you know what I mean? Ah, poor little, poor little idiot. And uh, like just that belittling, or the opposition, like if you had to say, I mean, like, you know, people who we know, people who, who we walk like in love with and uh, need to say something difficult and we hold back on saying it because we're afraid of, <laughs> afraid of the reaction you could see in their face or the, the, the face they might, they might look at you. Do you know what I mean? Like that judgmental face. Apparently I have one. Sharon, Sharon Kenny calls it the rubbed up face. Just like, like uh, at least you'll know what I'm thinking, right? I don't hide it, right? Do you know what I mean? There won't be a nice face. But if somebody says something, like it just, yeah, whatever. And uh, Penny, uh, Penny apparently makes the same face. Remember our friend Deborah when uh, Penny was about two, she was like, how is Penny judging me at two years old? <laughs> she's, making the <laughs> she's making the Rob face <laughs> when she's looking at me. I'm like, I don't know, she just looks like me. Um, but uh, maybe God's called you to do something public, to preach or to, to speak or to write songs or to write books. And, you know, something that, that will put you in front of people, but we hold back on the fear of that because they're like, I'll be judged, I'll fail, I'll mess up, I'll look like an idiot. I'll, you know, all of this stuff that, that just that can hold us that can hold us back or even just the, 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 the plain things that God's called you to do to love you to love not just the plain things they're huge don't get me wrong to, to love your neighbour to make disciples to like I can't do that because I'll be rejected I can't do that because I won't look cool or I won't look yeah I don't know do you know what I mean just the world isn't shaped in a way that it values me doing that stuff right so it, it, like the reactions I'm going to get are going to be are going to be bad that's a real thing and I think unless we allow the Lord to free us from fear of people we're going to be hamstrung when it comes to 
to live in front of you. And it's, it's tragic. Right? And again, it's knowing the reality of who God is, right? Of what he's called us to. Like at one, stay, at one time, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of our lives. And man, do I really want to stand there and say, Lord, I know you called me. I know you called me before the world was, was made. I know you had a purpose for me. But I was afraid of what, uh, afraid of what Paddy down the road would say. If I stepped into the things of God. Do you know what I mean? I was afraid of what some randomer would say. You know, I'm afraid of what somebody would write on Facebook about me. Uh, I was afraid, like, would that, just put yourself in that position. Does that wash? Do you know what I mean? Not that God's ready to be like, yeah, you dope and whip you. And, but like, like, but you missed out. <laughs> you know? It's like our, 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 our salvation is assured, yeah? Like, because of what Jesus did. Like, but man, I don't want to be one of them people who just, like, get in, like, escaping the flames. You know what I mean? Like, if God made me for a purpose and gave everything, everything, every resource that I could possibly need, like, to, to be with me in this. That's what he promises to Jeremiah. I'm, I'm with you. Like, like what, would we, what are we doing, guys, if we, don't, if we don't just take a hold of that? If we don't step out in boldness, if we don't step out in faith, if we don't even, even when we lack boldness and faith, if we're not just honest enough to say, Lord, I lack boldness and faith, give me boldness and faith. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not even about you mustering it up. It's just about in humility saying, oh, I'm choosing to believe what, you, what you've said about me. Now, if, that's what, if what you said about me is true, then I need you to do in me what I can do. I can't, I can't, do, I can't do that stuff. Even the simple stuff. You know, you feel guilty, like people who are great at leading people to the Lord, and you feel guilty because, oh, I can't talk to people about Jesus or whatever. I can't, I can't do that, and we feel guilty. And maybe we even, like, then, like, rationalize that and be like, well, that's just for the people who are gifted that way, yeah? But, um, I don't know. I'm nearly convinced that if you find something hard to do, it's evidence that it might be what God has called you to do. Because <laughs> um, cause it's the way he works. Because what does he, he puts a call on your life that you can't achieve without him so that it pulls you into relationship with him. It pulls you into dependence on him. And so if I find myself floating through, like calling God is easy, I'm able to do this, it aligns with my gifts, it aligns with the things I naturally like to do. Like that can be good, right? But, but, uh, but I have to think, yeah, if I, can do, if I can do the call of God without being in the presence of God and being dependent on God, then I would say that it's, it's not the... <laughs> It's not the call of God because God's call on your life necessitates dependence on like Jeremiah. I'm too young. I can't speak. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you what to speak. Don't let anyone tell you. You're too young. You go and do what I've called you to do and I'm going to be with you. He does that as well in the Great Commission, right? Even when I said that about making disciples. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what the risen Jesus says to his church before he ascends into heaven. Last words. Here's what you're meant to do. Every one of us. Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that he's commanded us. That's your commission, not just the, 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 the early disciples. People are like, well, I can't. I can't do that. I can't make disciples. I don't know what to teach. I'm not a teacher. How do I baptize? Like, what, how, how, how do I even do that? And then, but that command even is sandwiched between two, two things. Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. I mean, and I'm the, I'm the authority. Don't listen to any other authority that will tell you what you can or can't do, what you should or shouldn't do. Listen to me as the ultimate authority. That reality that's true right now, you live in light of that reality rather than what might look to be true around you, that there's other rulers and other influences and other stuff. He's like, I'm the authority. And then the very final words, he's like, make disciples. And then he's like, and surely I'm with you to the end of the age. It's like sandwiched with like his power and his, and his presence. And the point is this. That as you step, if you're going to step into doing something like that, then you need to know the power of God and you need to know the presence of God. But if you want to play it safe and just do something else over here that matches what you're doing, you don't need to know the power of God and you don't need to know the presence of God and you can just like go, go through the motions. Man, what if God has called us, and I think he has, to be people who are just like all in?
Like we're just gonna we're just gonna go after him. Do you know what I mean? You can get that Heather if you need to. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so he ends with this he ends with this call, right? There's um I don't know if I put did I put the verse up there, Malachi? Is it the last one, verse 17? Um, or is it one more slide? Oh no, the one after that. Oh no, it is that one. Yeah. Uh, so he ends with this call. He says uh, he tells he tells he does this little test with Jeremiah, and then he says to him, "Get dressed for work, right?" He's like, get ready, don't, he says, don't be afraid of them. And he says, get dressed for work, get ready for work, prepare yourself for work. And the Hebrew there is like this, like if you translate it directly, it says, gird up your loins, right? So I had to Google what that meant, gird up your loins. And it's this, it's this thing where people would wear tunics and they would like bring it up and they would like twist it around and form it into like a battle kind of, like a battle dress. Like you can't go running into battle in a, a skirt or whatever. So it's like, like make, make yourself a pair of shorts or like, like gird up your Gird, gird up your loins. He's basically saying, like, do the things daily. Like, prepare yourself right now to do the things that I've called you to do. Yeah? Like, if I was, it's like, get dressed for work. If I was to get, if I wanted to go out into the garden and, like, I don't know, like, like grow vegetables or, like, we have a vegetable patch out the back, I don't dress up in my suit or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or if I'm, if I'm to come to church here, I don't come in my pajamas. You get dressed in, for, for what you intend to, to do. And he's like do, do, like, do the things that you're meant to do to get you ready for, for what I've called you to do. Because the call of God doesn't just start tomorrow, it's imminent, it's today. So it's like this daily process of doing what you're meant to do. And it, it resonated with me. I told you Ephesians. So the beginning of Ephesians speaks about the bigness of our calling, similar as the beginning of Jeremiah. And then the end of Ephesians speaks about this kind of getting dressed for work. You know where it talks about the armor of God. And when he, when he spoke around this, like, gird up your loins, I was reminded of, like, like the first bit of armor that he says to put on is the belt of truth. It's like the thing that everything else attaches to. And I feel that's what the Lord wants to just say this morning, is like, remind yourself daily of the truth. Here's how you prepare yourself for work. Here's how you prepare yourself to do what I've called you to do. You, you, you put on the belt of truth. So you remind yourself of who God is, the truth of who God is. You remind yourself of who you are. You remind yourself who the Holy Spirit is. You remind yourself of the truth that you know God has called you. You remind yourself of those verses that you need to call to mind for what it is that you have to face in that day. You remember that he who's for you is greater than he who's, who's against you. He who's with you is greater than he who's in, in the world. You remind yourself that he who began the good work is faithful to complete all the things that we need to do to stand on. Because if you don't, you go into a world that's not reminding you of any of that, Yeah? And you can't, don't let a day go past where the only thing speaking into the reality of your life is the world that you see around you. When we've been gifted with the Word, we've been gifted with the Holy Spirit living in us, we've been gifted living with brothers and sisters who believe the same stuff and are meant to encourage one another. So putting on the belt of truth or girding up your loins is like, get ready to do what I've, what I've called you to do. And we do that in the simple ways of like, Scripture, meditating on it, be in the Word of God, get into it, step into the presence of God, get with the people of God. Don't let the, the truth of God just remain words on a page, but, uh, but step into it. Step into his calling. Be clothed in it. Don't let your own internal dialogue of I can't. Don't let fear of what the world would say if you do. Don't let any of that get in the way because there's too much at stake. Um, and so step into the things of God, guys. That's what, I suppose that's what my call is. I suppose that's what the Lord's call is. And the way to step in it's not, it's not just double down your efforts, beat yourself up, I haven't been doing a good enough job, now I really need to go after this. Just put on the belt of truth. Put on just the truth of who God is. I tell you, man, if you, if you get into the word of God every day and commit yourself to obedience to it, you'll find yourself living out the call of God. And not just reading it and then obeying it, but reading it and then it being alive and active and the Holy Spirit coming and doing in you what it says. 
that daily you, you surrender to him. I would encourage you, ask the Lord what his call on your life is. Like, ask him, be bold in it. We were talking about this during the week of treason. She's like, I don't know if I've ever even asked him. I just assume, like, but he may give you a specific thing like he gave Jeremiah. He may tell you something specific that enables you to be like, no, regardless of what, it, what else comes, this is what I know I'm called to. There's a couple of things like that in my life that I know if I was to step away from them, I couldn't call it anything other than disobedience because I know God has called me. And they've kept me at the times where I wanted to step away from them. They kept me at the times where I didn't think it was working, kept me at times where people didn't want to hear it, where people weren't interested, where like, they've, they've, they've kept me going in those times. And uh, the fruit of it is up to the Lord, right? Whatever he wants to do with it, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about if God will give you the gift of knowing what you're called to do, then it just becomes about obedience for you and faithfulness, you know? And knowing that God's with you in it. And so ask him. I would say ask him. Ask him what the plans are. Ask him what, 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 what is it that you want me to do. And in the meantime, get busy with the things that he's told you already to do. <laughs> that you don't even need to ask him because it's, it's in his word. You know? when, like when we wrote this stuff, guys, about these, these loves, we weren't just trying to come up with a mission statement or something. We are trying to encapsulate what does it mean to actually, to actually live in obedience to Jesus? What has Jesus actually asked for from us? The first one, we're loved by God, is like putting yourself in the way of God. Like that, putting on the, the belt of truth. Like, don't let a day go by where you don't realize the audacity. Open up Ephesians 1 and piece by piece, like, be like, just let it blow your mind. Do you know what I mean? And ask the Holy Spirit, make that real. Like, the, the audacity of the, the scope, the, the amount, the magnitude of how we're loved. We're loved by God. And then out of that, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, minds, and strength. To go and love your neighbors. Guys, if I was to ask you, like, if Jesus came to you in your house, right, and, and, and the same way as he called the fisherman, you, you're sitting down for dinner and he calls you, come follow me, right, and he leaves your house, where does he go? Where, where on your road does he go? Who's in need? Who's broken? Who's, who needs hope? Who needs, who, needs, who, needs, who needs something provided for them? Who, like, that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Like, and it flows out of this stuff, right? We love, we love one another, that we're called to be in community. Again, we're running home churches and we're, we're, we're in spaces like this. It's not just about the gatherings, it's about obedience to what God has called us to do. He says that we're one, so I want to live in the reality of Jesus saying I'm one. Like, if he says I'm part of a body and I need the rest of it, as much as I'd like to be the whole body myself, I want to, to, to be dependent on my brothers and sisters. And we love being a part of what God is doing in the world. You know, sometimes it scares people to bits when they talk about God would have a plan for you in your workplace or something. They just think, oh man, no. Like, like, do you know what I mean? I'm going to look like a dope. I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to be that person who's always talking about Jesus or I'm going to be, you know, all this stuff, like fear of man, insecurities, all this stuff. But if we're, I think, I think the greatest prayer, greatest prayer that I've learned to pray recently is like in the morning, spending time with the Lord, put myself in the way of the love of the Lord, and then just write, right, Lord, what are we doing today? What is it? Pressure off. You live in me. You dwell in me. What, as the opportunities come up, give me boldness. Give me courage. Give me grace. Give me love. Give me the capacity to do whatever it is that you've, you've called me to do. The person who needs love, the person who needs a hug, the person who needs encouragement, the person who needs rebuking, the person who needs whatever it is, you know, just let's, let's do that together. You know, and I think that's what the Lord wants. He's not like, here's your assignment, now go and do it. He's like, walk with me. I'm with you to the end of the age. Go after it, piece by piece. And that God would take all of those pieces and he would use them for something like beyond what you could even imagine. The kingdom of God's like a seed, yeah? Like you're just casting the seed. You don't know where it's going to go, man, but it could grow to a tree that fills the earth. Trust that God does that. He brings the growth as we're obedient. So do ask him if there's a specific call, but there's also a specific call listed in the word that we're not ignorant to called us to those 
those ways of loving and those ways, those ways of being. Can I spend? Uh, I'm going to spend a couple of moments, even just just praying. I'll pray for you, but really, I don't know. Holy Spirit could cause this message or whatever to land in different ways. Maybe, maybe you need to repent. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to be like, man, I, I have been letting the fear of man, of, I have or I have been putting up the excuses. I can't do this. I can't do that. Maybe you just need to repent. And repenting is just like I'm changing my thinking, Lord. Oh, like away with that old thinking. <laughs> Let me see you through your heart. Maybe you need to ask the Lord what His plan is. Maybe you feel like uh, you were walking in it and you bottled it and you walked away from it. And uh, you just need to accept the invitation. There's a redeemer, man. <laughs> There's a redeemer. He's, that's what he does. He, like he takes you. He puts you back on track. There's still a plan A for your life. A friend of mine, Terry, used to say that. I think you messed up. Like, oh, now it's on to plan B. No, still a plan A. <laughs> the Lord knows what he's doing. He'd take you and he would use you for his glory. Or maybe the Holy Spirit's been saying something else that I, that is, that's not even in my imagination right now, but that's the, the beauty of who the Holy Spirit is, yeah? Leading us into all truth. So we, just, we wait on you, Lord. And, uh, and as we do, Lord, would you just grace us with the capacity to respond in whatever way you would have us respond, Lord. For those of you who have given dreams to the Lord in particular that seem too big and we've given up on them or we've, uh, we've kind of thought like, oh, maybe that wasn't realistic or whatever, would you just speak faith back into us, Lord? In, not again in our own capacity, but faith in the bigness of who you are and <laughs> who it is that's called us, Lord. For those of us who need to repent, Lord, we do. We ask by the power of your spirit, you change our thinking, change the patterns of our minds. You would transform us, Lord God, that we wouldn't be people who uh, have a low view of who you are and a, a big view of our own inadequacies, but who have a big view of who you are and see that eclipse in our, even our inadequacies, Lord God. Pray over us, those of us, Lord God, who've been knocked out of the race or we feel we have because of sin that we struggle with, Lord. Um, I just pray that we would know right now that there's a forgiver and there's a redeemer, Lord. And you rest in the finality of your cross when you said it was finished, Lord God. And we take on the record of Jesus that you've gifted us to. And we just step back into the race, Lord God, knowing that you're faithful and you're just, Lord God. You loved us while we were still sinners, Lord God, and you love us now. And we ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And I pray for those of us, Lord, who uh, have listened to the lies of the enemy even, who've said like who spoke little over our lives or just caused us to be just shaped by the world um, I pray that we would be we know what it is to gird up our loins Lord God we'd know what it is to just be solid around our core Lord at the core of our being there's like a there's an immovability there's like a foundation built that you would build that by the power of your spirit based on the truth of who we are in Christ Jesus Lord God that you would do that Lord God we ask we ask for you to do that Lord God that you would lead us into all truth Lord and that your truth would eclipse, Lord, anything else, any other voice, internal or external, any other fear, internal or external, Lord God, that it would be eclipsed just by the glory of who you are. I pray that that would be the portion of your people, Liberty Church, Lord God, that day after day, they would know that they are loved by God. <laughs> day after day, they would just be like in awe of it, Lord God, jaw-dropping wonder, Lord God, at the awesomeness of what it is that you've done. Out of that, Lord, then that we would live bold and courageous lives. We'd be like, do we not? We're just realizing who we are, Lord. Realizing who our God is. Realizing what you've called us to, Lord God. Pray that we do all of this by the power of your Holy Spirit. We say now, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, minister to your people. Minister to hearts, Lord. Forgive where there's forgiveness needed. Change where there's change needed. Speak where there's words needed, Lord. 
For those who are asking me about a specific call, what is it you've called them to speak, Lord? Would you speak, Holy Spirit? 